Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. I'm excited, guys. I know this is an important topic. You're talking about the biggest concerns for families of wealth. And now I don't exactly, you know, identify as a family of wealth at this point, but I'm hoping to get there one day. So I'm, I'm really interested in what you guys are sharing today. Hey, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Great. And Jeff, I know that you're going to kind of set the stage. So why are you talking about this? It's a pretty heavy topic, unfortunately, and or fortunately and unfortunately, we see it quite a bit. When a family's or a business owner or a family's been fortunate enough to save and make good choices uh, throughout their lifetime, it's not uncommon for them to build some sort of wealth. And mm -hmm. with that, there just comes a lot of planning issues, a lot of decisions that have to be made that not just affects them, but how it affects them, their family, their business partners. So we, we, we see it quite a bit. So we thought it'd be a great topic to kind of work through those and share with some of the things that we that we tend to see on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, I, I think that, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of a, a family of wealth is there's usually more tax obligations. I know that taxes are an issue. There's also a lot of components when it comes to family members and, and fairness and, and I mean, inheritances and gifts and all that. I mean, there, there's so many different things that they have to deal with that maybe a, a middle-class family doesn't have to deal with, at least not on the scale of a larger family. Is that kind of what you're talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you think about all the decisions that we have to make with money, whether it's taxes, insurance, investments, retirement plans, social security decisions, wills, trusts, business decisions, at the end of the day, it's easy to get lost. And the, unfortunately, the more wealth is created, the more moving pieces. It just, it just makes those decisions so much more important, not to just look at them one at a time, but how do they all tie together? How do they tie together to kind of fit uh, and accomplish the things that are important to us for whatever those are? So we do find that there's a little bit of a disconnect just because life is busy and mm -hmm. we don't call time out to just think those things through. And, and what do we do to let's get everything organized? How do we simplify it all? So that way we can make sure that these various decisions that we're making with money all tie together and accomplish the things that are most important to us. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I would, oh, go I ahead, was just going to, just to add to that real quick. I mean, what we find is most consumers have a hodgepodge full of stuff that they've accumulated over the years and they end up with a mind-blowing number of relationships. And the problem is that a lot of those professionals do not talk to each other. So we end up, you know, having a hodgepodge full of stuff. And uh, it's just like Jeff always keeps emphasizing, being organized and simplifying the process. And that is getting everybody to be on one page and based on what the client wants to accomplish. Well, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Because when my wife and I were first together, it was TurboTax, baby. You know, it was it was actually when we first got together, it wasn't even TurboTax. It was just fill out the form and, and send it in. Super simple to do my taxes. But now as a business owner, I have an accountant. And also as a business owner, I have an attorney. And it, it as I've been more successful in my life, it has gotten a little bit more complicated. So I, I'm right there with you. How do you guys help your clients with with that? I mean, I mean, with that organization piece? You know, I think the big thing is is calling time out, obviously, number one. It takes time, and time is money. 
It's hard to balance all those relationships when the different or various professionals aren't communicating. They're not meeting together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not talking about those important issues. And all right, what do we do from this angle and this angle? And what do we do? And how does that affect this and that? So, you know, I think I think first is the the ability to call time out, sit with someone and, and kind of get on paper. All right, here's the things that are most important. Here's the things I want out of life. Here's what I want life to look like. Like I say all the time in these past podcasts, it's not the money that's important. It's just the reality of the impact that money has and the role it plays on the things that are important to us. So calling time out, thinking through big picture and what's important really setting tangible financial goals, really anything that requires money or planning to achieve and taking an inventory of exactly where we are today. So that way we can create a step-by-step plan of action to bridge the gap between where we are, where we want to be for the reasons that are important to you. And and I would add there that, I mean, it's kind of like, I like to use a house analogy, but it's, you know, what's the first step if you're going to build a brand new house? Well, first you have to have the vision of what you want your house to look like. Once you're crystal clear and it's on paper, what do you do? You go to an architect and you, you express what you want. And of course they design it up and say, okay, that's it. Then you get your painters and plumbers and roofers and electricians organized to, to work in an efficient manner to make that become a reality. So when he's talking about all the different parts to a plan, it is no different than building a brand new house. And so what we're, what Jeff keeps emphasizing is what are you saving for? What is it, what you want to accomplish? What do you want your house to look like? And once we're crystal clear there, then we can come up with an efficient way to make all that happen. So it sounds like you're, you kind of take the place of a general contractor, the person that organizes all the entire team. Yeah, because most consumers, you know, they have a tax guy over here. There's a difference between tax preparation and tax planning. Mm. You've got any investment world. You have your 401k guy over here. You've got your stockbroker here. You've got your own individual accounts, whatever that may be. And then you've insurance area. You've got all kinds of insurance to insure from. Uh, retirement plans, what's the most tax efficient way to accomplish where you're at based on your income tax bracket? Your estate planning, what if you don't make it and you're not here when you're 65? What do you want to have happen to your estate? And what do you want? Not only your your money, but also your values that you want to pass down to the next generation. And how do you want to have that orchestrated? Just knowing the fact that 90% of all inheritances are gone within 18 months, knowing the fact that 70% of the consumers do not even have a will. Mm. I mean, the bottom line, it does take plan and you want to be crystal clear where you're at, go through that process. And then like we always say, when your values, I mean, when your visions are clear, your decisions are easy. And I think the tough part, like Jeff just said, calling time out and really thinking through and uh, making it happen. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the wealthy families and, and their biggest concerns. Now with, with that many team players or, or players on the team, should they be concerned about the cost of all those, those services and, and the fees associated with that? Yeah, you know, no doubt. That's, I mean, that's part of it. You want to make sure that everything's tight, efficient. So if we were to break that down into a few parts, I think we just got to get our hands around it. Couldn't tell you how many times that I meet someone that has several businesses or real estate or various accounts, but it's easy to get lost in what you have, what you own. And most of the time, it just seems that the older generation, it's not... Uh, uncommon for the man to take care of the finances. And I Mm -hmm. couldn't tell you how many times something happened to the man 
or one of the spouses. And the next thing you know, it, it's like looking into the twilight zone. Just what do we own? What's it worth? Where's it at? What yeah. are we paying taxes on? What do we not? What do we need? What are we using? But that's kind of number one is just, all right, let's get our hands around it. Let's get it on paper. Let's get it nice, tight, organized. From there, then uh, number two would be the concern of, all right, if do I have everything working to the fullest? I've got different investment accounts. How do I consolidate them into fewer the better? The various investment accounts, depending on what I'm saving for, how much income I need, what I'm trying to accomplish, should I have a different investment strategy for each of my goals and each of my buckets? Then you got to look from there, what about taxes? Am I taking advantage of all of the things that I'm legally entitled to from an investment standpoint? Money that I need now, money that I'm not using do I have it in things that grow tax deferred, that are tax efficient, maybe tax free? But those things kind of go in order because you have to get organized. You have to think things through and put some structure to it. You have to create different buckets. And then you can realign your investment strategies, both from a growth uh, perspective as well as saving money and taxes. And if you have a business, then really identifying what you want out of your personal life is really important then you can structure the business to make that a reality too. So uh, it's really two sides of the, what you want to do and have happened in your life. You've got a lot of people relying on you with your employees and, and their lives too. So you want to make make sure that you protect a golden goose to, that produces the golden eggs. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now I want to dive into it a little bit because I'm, I'm really interested in how you guys can help facilitate or help families with the family, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of drama in families and, and it can be, everything can be harmonious one week and then the next week it, it it's not, right? So unfortunately, there the I, I don't, I can't quote the statistics, but divorces happen. Grandchildren happen, which is a blessing and sometimes they're a surprise as well. So there's all sorts of dynamics there. How do you guys help families with n- navigating that? I mean, how do you protect the wealth of a family when it comes to divorces and kids and fairness issues and all that? I see it all the time. I mean, I saw a situation this morning. I see probably one or two a week, and it just seems that it, it happens more often than not when you're talking those things through. But at the end of the day, you have to create an effective estate plan. Let me give you an example. So I had an appointment this morning that um, uh, she, a lady lost her husband, so it's just her. She has one son, doesn't have the best relationship with the son's wife. So that's a daughter-in-law mm-hmm. and she's got a grandson. She's only seen a handful of times. So it's a, uh, definitely a strain on the family, yeah. both before he passed and since then. But at the end of the day, their estate plan came to, Hey, I love you. Everything goes to you. You love me. Everything goes to me. Something happens to both of us just goes to the son. And pretty much that's it. Talking through and working through, you got to you got to create some extra steps to it. Mm -hmm. So step one is, you know, in their situation, we've got a bunch of land. We've got a bunch of land. We've got several pieces of property. We've got numerous investment and retirement accounts. So first step is we looked at and talked about the difference between wills and maybe creating a revocable living trust. Mm, Why does that go first? Because a will has to go through probate. It's public record. Mm -hmm. A living trust is private. Is probate an issue? There's some assets that have to go through probate. There's some not. So the fact that she has a bunch of assets that have to go through probate and she wants to keep everything private, the first step is, all right, do we create a will or do we create a living trust? 
Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. The second was, all right, do we really want to leave $2.5 million to your son that you're on the outs with? Do you trust his decision-making ability? You mentioned that you don't have a very good relationship with the spouse. How do you protect those type of things? So, you know, then you got to work through and say, okay, if something happens, I don't want everything to go to my son. Mm -hmm. I want it to go into a trust for the benefit of my son. Maybe he gets so much for health, education, maintenance, and support. But outside of that, I want some restrictions built in. I want him to get not any much more than X amount of dollars a month, or he gets so much at 25 or 30 or 35 or 40, or, you know, he's got a terrible work ethic. I want to make sure that uh, he has to work. And maybe I'll pay basic bills, but if whatever you turn in on your tax return, maybe the trust will match it or double it or triple it. Wow. Uh, But there's no free rides. I want to make sure you develop a work ethic. And if you do and make good decisions, then there's tons of money that the trust will match to some degree. I, I In all my time of, of working with different folks around the country, I have never heard that concept of whatever's on the your tax return is what the trust will dole out. That is that is great. <laughs> so, I mean, I could, I could see where a family would say, wow, okay, th- there's a lot of possibility here. And each family is different. And I know that you guys really hone in on what those differences are. To, so you can craft and and make a plan that that fits them exactly. So when it comes to grandkids, sometimes grandchildren aren't going to be around when when a parent passes or a grandparent passes. Can can you build that into a trust as well for future grandchildren? We had a situation where someone came in that was at a trust built in 1935, and and it was a generation skipping trust, and they wow. wanted to be able to assist the families, but they had to wait till the last heir that passed away. And of course, he lived till 94. We were talking about here in just the last year, there was quite a bit of heirs that inherited uh, some assets. Hmm. Of course, that was in place to avoid inheritance and estate tax at the time. Laws change, situations change. And, and anytime you put any of these incentive trusts that, you know, Jeff just described things in place, it really needs to be reviewed, just making sure that as time changes, that it evolves with the change. So uh, it's just everybody's in different situations and it's hard to pinpoint one thing. But Jeff just described, you know, putting a living trust together, what do you want to accomplish? There are couples that have, they've been second marriage, third marriage, you got three kids from both sides. And and what do you want to have happen with this child? What do you want to have happen with this child? This one has got a great head on their shoulders and they want to, you want to go ahead and give him everything he's, he has. But then you've got this child that, you know, they're going to blow the money in the next two months. So you kind of know your kids and you kind of know what's, what's important to you. So setting that structure for each and every individual and thinking it through, it's just, everything's about peace of mind, but people really work hard to accumulate wealth. And you see the statistics, it says that within three generations, billionaires lose their money. You know, having structure and the things that are important to you to be able to be carried on, take some time and effort and getting with somebody to articulate what you really want. I keep going back to what's the plan, but, and Jeff just touched on his situation today and even businesses is really a complicated uh, situation on top of that. Yeah. And I, I know that you've spoken about businesses and succession plans on previous podcasts. I'd love to get back into that with you because of the law changes, because of tax changes and things that happen. I'm sure that we could do an updated podcast all about that. But sticking on, on this topic, as far as the, the family itself, I know that insurance is a big part of any planning. But when it comes to wealthy families or families that are a bit more affluent, where does insurance fit in their in their situation when it comes to multi-generational planning? 
Yeah, so Eric, let me back up one step, if Absolutely. I may, because I think there's another thing that I see quite often is the concern for death or divorce, going back to leaving money for kids or grandkids, right? How do you make sure that if I do leave money for my grandchild, uh, another important point of having it left in trust is for that reason. What if my son or daughter gets a divorce? How do I make sure that money is never commingled? What if something happens to my son? How do I make sure that the proceeds or the money doesn't go to the spouse, that it goes to the kids and the grandkids? Mm -hmm. So I can't reiterate how important, if structure is important to you, that you have to leave it in a trust for the benefit of the kids. Even if you don't have any restrictions, let's say Johnny makes good decisions. However, I just want to make sure that he never commingles money. So I'm going to leave it in a trust. Johnny can be his own trustee. He can make whatever decisions he wants to do with the money. However, upon Johnny's demise, it is not going to the spouse. It is going to the grandkids and staying in in the family. Mm -hmm. So there's one. Number two, sometimes Johnny doesn't make good decisions. So I want to leave money in a trust. But who do I appoint as the trustee to help Johnny make those decisions or make sure that when money comes out for health, education, maintenance, and support, it's really what's needed. Mm -hmm. So I see that all the time. So sometimes people will create, maybe the trustee's a brother, maybe it's a sister, maybe it's a close friend, but just somebody you can trust. Sometimes I see a lot these days that people are just naming independent trustees in order to serve that fiduciary role of cutting checks, due diligence, making sure taxes and property taxes and business-related affairs are paid on time and taking it out of the family in order to alleviate the conflicts of what's appropriate and what's not. Insurance is important for everybody, but affluent families in particular, how does insurance work for them? Well, let me, I, I can only speak for myself, but, you know, at the age of 19, when I was just ramping up and, and building a business myself, both my parents are deaf mutes, and I had a little brother and a little sister, and I was a legal guardian for it. And, my, and insurance was important to me, not just did I need insurance at that time. It was, it was the potential that I could earn over the next 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wanted to be insured that whether I was here or not, that I wanted my brother and sister to go to college and have the things that I wasn't able to do. And, and I wanted to make sure that my parents were taken care of. And so everybody's in different situations. So that was, that was what was really important to me at the time. So that's just one example that there are different needs for different purposes. As far as yeah, I'm concerned. Let me, yeah. Let me, let me add to that. Cause uh, a lot of times people think of insurance and it is to help pay off debt or help make sure my wife and my kids have enough money to live or to take care of, of, of other people. But, you know, we see more often than not another whole generate, not generation, but a other no, another set of issues, things to be addressed where insurance plays a part. One of those is if you look at it as an asset, I mean, if I've got all the money I need and I've got some extra, uh, what do I do with that extra money? If it's really not intended for me and it's intended for my kids and my grandkids or charity or you know, I want to give it away at some point after I'm gone. Uh, do I take that money and put it in a CD and make 1% or put it in mutual funds and make whatever, 6, 8, 10? Or do I take that money and buy life insurance since life insurance is tax-free and I can get five, 10 times the amount guaranteed from day one and I just feel like it's a better way to transfer wealth, what's better than tax-free? 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes you see people enhancing their estate by just creating more money through life insurance. Second, I think that this whole issue of long-term care and how do we address it when we get older, people that have substantial amounts of money, I think the two realities are is A, we're going to pass away suddenly, or B, we may get sick, need some sort of care, but at some point we're going to pass away. So sometimes you look at life insurance as an asset that maybe I can put money aside and I can have a tax-free life insurance policy that I can use if I die, but I also can use it if I needed some sort of care into the future. But instead of paying premiums on just long-term care insurance, I can have it serve as a dual purpose. So I see that a lot mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with wealthier people. The third one is a liquidity for those that have, have really created an, a, a sizable estate. They have to worry about estate taxes. If the estate is, is, is land, business, assets that aren't very liquid, then where does the money come from? So, so sometimes those wealthy families will create a life insurance trust or buy some life insurance because what it does, it just creates liquidity in order to be used for either estate taxes It could be used to create money to fund a buy-sell agreement between two partners in a business. Mm. But there's a variety of ways that if you think of it as an asset, that tax-free big pool of money makes more sense in certain situations that you have to take it into consideration. And one other way of looking at it, when you turn 65 and let's say you had a heart attack or you became a diabetic and you really don't need the insurance anymore. So like Jeff said, it is an asset. There are secondary markets that will buy that policy because the internal rate of return on that money, uh, you have a more higher probability of passing away if you got pre-existing conditions that you really don't want to get rid of that asset until you talk to somebody because there's opportunities there also. Mm. Okay. All right. That's interesting. I haven't heard that before. So that's something else that people need to consider. I know that we're running low on time, but I did want to ask one other thing. We've talked about insurance. We've talked about, or you you talked about some charitable stuff. You talked about, definitely talked about some estate planning tactics. The one question I have is how do you help families of affluence that are, I'm going to do that again. How do you help families that are affluent deal with like volatility in the stock market. I know 2020 was a big year, right? We took a big, huge dip and then we, it came roaring back just like six to eight months later. What do you guys discuss with these families on how they can kind of protect themselves with, with the stock market? You know, it's a bigger, it's a, it's a tough issue. I mean, at the end of the day, money has to go somewhere. So kind of goes back to the beginning. What's the plan? What's the purpose of the money? getting everything organized, uh, simplified, so that way you can create various buckets. And for each of those buckets, you have different investment strategies based on what you're trying to accomplish. And I think the whole goal is to reduce or eliminate as much volatility as possible, Mm -hmm. depending on what we're saving for. Unfortunately, volatility is part of it. I mean, there's a, to a certain degree, we have to decide how much volatility are we comfortable with in the short run in order to obtain higher returns in the long run. So uh, to, to what degree is that mitigated? It just depends on the situation, what we're saving for, what the purpose of the money is in that regard. The other areas of risk, of course, when it comes to money, of course, we've got taxes 
Do we believe it's going to go up? Do we believe it's going to go down? Mm -hmm. We've got inflation. It's not really inflation. It's the devaluating of the dollar. Those are uh, things that are working against you through time. So like Jeff said, it depends what we're saving for and just making sure things are allocated in the right buckets. And, you know, why pay taxes when you don't have to? We could put it in tax deferred vehicles. Everybody's different in their situations, but people are concerned about taxes. They're concerned about inflation. They're concerned about uh, who gets what inheritances. I, I would, the wealthy is concerned about not spoiling their kids. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. They want to, they want them to have the work ethic that they had. And I think how the money was made is really a, an important thing to, to teach the next lesson, I guess the next generation. Those things are the factors that were in asset protection. I mean, it's we're in a lawsuit happy society and, and everything that we got to look at is making sure you're protecting your assets. Wealthy people have a lot of rental properties. How do you, how do you protect each property to where one property doesn't affect the other one? So there's a lot of planning that, that, that's involved in connecting all the dots and making sure that it's the most efficient way is, is, and like I said at the beginning, a lot of people have a lot of different relationships and if they don't talk to each other, people tend to procrastinate when you have three people telling you three different things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the reoccurring theme on this is that you need to sit down with a professional and, and tell the story, right? You know, all the moving parts, you guys, you guys do that on a daily basis. So Jeff or Jose, either one of you, how can people reach you? If they, if they want to sit down and say, Hey, look, this is what I'm dealing with. And I'm sure a lot of times it's just people regurgitating a whole bunch of stuff to you, but that's what you guys do, right? You, you take it all in and you help them make a good plan for the future. So if somebody wants to reach out, how do they get you? They could call 903-533-8585. That's local. Of course, they can email Jeff or I, Jeff at FelicianoFinancial.com or Jose at FelicianoFinancial.com or go to the website at FelicianoFinancial.com. Whatever you want to request or whatever information that you need, we'll get it to you. Fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for your time today. Enjoyed being with you like always. Absolutely. All right. And our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.